Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. We've got some DFS for Week 5 to dive into. Oh, buddy, is it going to be dicey. There are games that could be played, that may be played, that we don't know if they'll be played. So don't don't set your lineups and not check them again on Sunday. Uh, joining me to do that, he's coming to Frank Stanford. What's up, fellas? What's <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, I, that's on me. That's on me. No, no, no that's, a, that's a thing that Will Will does occasionally. He's just going to ask, and Adam Azer does that too. Just going to ask a question to two people at the same time, and then they're both going to look at you stupidly. Um, I and, think that, and I did like it's like this is Frank's second time doing the show. He and I've done the show for like three years now. This right EFS fantasy show. That's on me. I own that one. Frank, uh, I'll start with you. Yeah. Congratulations I, on your Yankees victory. Oh no, the Yankees lost. Crap. Well, show. they lost. So uh, they lost. But We're recording this Wednesday. We'll see what happens. So congratulations to the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, Heath, how you doing, buddy? How was your How was your week four DFS action? It was okay. Gabriel Davis scored a touchdown, which was <laughs> neat. Um, with with like, John Brown in there, no less. With John Brown in there, uh, that was neat. And One no, it was kid. I I I had uh, quite a bit of deck, and so that worked out pretty well. Um, didn't have as much back as I should have. Good call on that, Frank. But yeah, it was uh it was a good week. I had a uh a ton of Beckham. A ton I, I got I gotta tell you, I I'm a little disappointed in myself the last couple of weeks. I think that I've been and uh, this is not surprising for anybody who listens to this or knows me, uh I need to get better about doing my lineup. Like when do you build your lineups? Like do you build everything Sunday morning? Because I, I gotta tell you, and I hate to admit this because it's sort of humiliating. I probably would have won an ass ton of money if I had built all of my lineups out on like Friday and Saturday instead of sort of going through the process and then dealing with some stuff around the house on Sunday morning. And then all of a sudden it's like 12, 15 and I'm scrambling to get lineups in. And I didn't get as I, I and I taught myself into going to Lamar instead of going to Dak. Um, what, what do you guys do about that from a scheduling and procedural perspective? I might build one lineup before Sunday morning. Okay. But you know what you're going to do. Um, kind of. Do you, would you chop down the player pool before Sunday morning? A little. It's more dependent. I mean, I'm in a different situation because I've got a full projection for every game and I do alter those projections on Sunday morning because we get information on inactives that we didn't have before. I altered them on Sunday morning because there's line movement and I want to have the latest line movement. So yeah, I don't. I like I a lot of times will play the one placeholder lineup that I put in there because from the beginning of the week those were the guys that I thought were the best plays at the beginning of the week. But I generally almost ninety nine point nine percent of my lineups are built Sunday morning. Okay. Yeah, I I build a few different lineups throughout the course of the week. I like I'll build a lineup per day, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then I'll just start updating stuff Sunday morning because obviously we start getting into actives and actives and it and it changes. Uh, what we're going to do and pr- obviously Friday practice report as well. But yeah, basically like I find targets at each position, like low, medium, high price points. And then I kind of, I build it from the top down. So I do quarterback, I do stack. Who do I want to bring it back with? You don't always have to stack, but more often than not, that's where the most upside lies. So yeah, yeah I'm I think constantly just building throughout the week. Okay. I mean, I guess my thing, I should have had placeholder lineups in. Like I knew that I wanted to have a DAC. Uh, I, I wanted to have, I had like a, like a three and three max entry, right? I wanted to have a Dak. I wanted to have a, uh, Deshaun and I wanted to have a Josh Allen. And then as I had talked to y'all on the pot, and I was right, by the way, it would be wrong, but I was right. Lamar Jackson was like 5%. Owned. He was crazy yeah. under owned. Well, and he looked like he was lighting it up and he was going to be a great option. And then Dak Prescott cut down 41, 14 and had to throw 50 times. So that, that, I mean, Dak wasn't even having a great day until he got down 41-14. Right. 
That's just sort of how it works. Of course, like we probably should have just played Brady. Oh my god. Yeah. Dak was the Millie maker, but Brady, you could have won with Brady for sure. Right. Uh, all right. Well, let's dive into the week five. Any, by the way, any, any other, uh, victory laps you guys want to take? Uh, Beckham was basically my main one and I didn't even play enough of him myself. So why don't I take my own advice? Will? You know, I loved, I was like, Will Fuller is the guy. Screw Brandon Cooks. I'm not playing Brandon Cooks. And then I still end up playing Brandon Cooks. What is wrong with me? I'm a I played no Brandon Cooks. So that's a, that's a victory lap I'll take. I had no Brandon Cooks and no Adam Troutman. So yay me. Cooks and Troutman cost me. That was, I got, I got lured in. That's, it's tough. Uh, oh, I had no, this is another one that I just want to mention because I think it procedurally, it's important. And we'll, we'll blitz through some of the lower games faster later. Joe Mixon. Pops up in the injury report on Saturday. Mm. He was in the Millie Maker lineup. You probably needed Joe Mixon to make any real money in a GPP this weekend. And cause he put up like 40 points, 45 points maybe, but he, he's, he's on a chest injury on Saturday. And then I think Saturday night at like midnight, Adam Schefter maybe tweeted Mixon is going to be a go expected to go. And he wasn't on the inactives. Are, do you guys find yourselves more willing to press the gas on a guy like that because he's probably going to be under own or press the brakes because it can burn you so badly if he if he's limited in snaps? I think it's a case-by-case basis, and I think looking back on it, the fact that Joe Mixon was, I believe he was sub-6K, I think he was 5,600, yeah. just knowing that it was a pretty good matchup against Jacksonville. Great matchup. And his price point and the fact that he was likely still going to see at least 15 touches in hindsight – should have had more exposure, but it's so much easier to say now once he had three touchdowns, obviously. This this was one of the frustrating things for me because I actually had Mixon in my Burrow lineups. Not a lot of them, but some of them. And I had Mixon in my Minshew lineups. Not a lot of them, but some. And those were both fine. I did not have one Joe Mixon in my DAC lineups. And that's where you so, But... Also, like it kind of like it made more game flow sense to have him in the other two than it did with Dak. So, sure. Uh, and and I had the other the other mistake I made was I went with Zeke over uh, Dalvin Cook. Which, you know, hindsight, I guess, whatever. And um, I I'm not saying I should have faded Kamara because I didn't. I had all I had lots of Kamara. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, in hindsight, well, but that's like also it's good. You can't learn something from everything that went wrong. Yeah. Like Kamara had a pretty good day and Latavius Murray had two rushing touchdowns. Right. So like, I don't really think that was right. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, look, I mean, Kamara was 60% owned or whatever it was. And he had a good day. And if he, and if he converts those two rushing touchdowns that Latavius Murray gets and you don't have Kamara, you're not cashing. So, all right. Uh, Let's get to the games for week five. Sorry. That was a, I do think that's helpful though, to sort of review and like you have to do that. That's a big part of the process. Uh, Raiders and Chiefs. <laughs> the Chiefs implied total is probably going to be 35 by the time this podcast ends. Um, Chiefs are minus abs- 13 over under 56. Absurd if you don't follow those types of things. Um, 34.75 is what I've got it at right now. And I feel a little wishy washy about it. Um, I, I think Clyde's the best play in this game. And we should mention on this game that you better have a contingency plan. The yep. Raiders have a positive test. And Stephon and Gilmore St- was last seen hugging Patrick Mahomes, and he Correct. is positive as well. Yeah, that makes me sick to my stomach. But it's true. Do you think Belichick did that on purpose? No, I think it's, it's really hard for these guys. Before. I think it's really hard for these guys to process that it's okay to tackle each other for an hour or two but you should not be giving hugs after the game. Right. And it, it, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to justify. But as you point out, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, a potentially fantastic option here. Yeah, if he's not great in this game, I might actually start getting a little bit worried about whether he was going to be worth a first-round pick. But he should be great in this game. The Raiders have given up more fantasy points to running backs than any other team in football. Um, all systems go with Clyde. Yeah, I agree 100%. He's 6,800 this week on DraftKings. It's a great matchup. I feel like it's coming for him. Plays on one of the best offenses. Sees all of their, mostly all of their red zone opportunities. And Las Vegas is allowing 5.4 yards per carry, 7.8 receptions per game. And we saw Kamara, Burkhead, Burkhead and McCaffrey all have massive games against them. So really like CEH. Yeah. And again, CEH, 
Um, I need to look at what the pivots might be. Let's say hypothetically you sort of plan your your week around CEH, and for whatever reason, uh, this uh, this game is canceled. Obviously, we hope that is not the case because that would that would suck really badly. Uh, but let's say hypothetically that the game is the game doesn't go on as we expect it to. Uh, do you have a do you have a preferred pivot off Clyde Edwards Laird? Uh, James Robinson sixty seven hundred, Miles Sanders sixty five hundred, Kareem Hunt sixty five, and Melvin Gordon sixty four right below there. Mike Davis sixty four as well. Yeah, the answer is always Mike Davis. Oh, <laughs> okay, no matter what, sixty four hundred. So <laughs> I still think his his price is not high enough. But I think Mike Davis, Kareem Hunt for sure in play if if something happens to that Chiefs game. The problem is I'm not going to be able to use Mike Davis because I'm already going to have Mike. I can't play two Mike Davis. <laughs> Mike Davi. Um, that would be great if you could. But no, I, I'm going to probably have all of the Mike Davis. And the, uh, I think Sanders would be it. Although I really like Jarek McKinnon if Mostert's not back. Mm. Um, so that one as well. Kareem Hunt. I, We'll get to that later, but I'd, I'd really like to make sure that he gets a full practice in this week because otherwise I'd be worried he's just still splitting. Okay. Uh, all right, let's move. Uh, any, any, are you playing Josh Jacobs here? Are you playing any any Derek Carr? Any, any interest in running it back with the on the Clyde stack, Darren Waller? I love Waller. I think if you're looking at paying up for a tight end this week, 5,900, he's fifth in the NFL in target share, 29%. It's a great matchup against KC. I think Waller's probably my top-ish tight end play this week yeah i will run it back with waller i'll have more waller than kelsey i'll probably have a couple of waller kelsey lineups because that should be unique fair um will you play mahomes at all i don't love it just because game flow like it could happen he could it, it could happen any game i think like he's always in play for gbp but just in general i don't love it as a 13 point favorite I do not plan on having any Mahomes. Uh, in two games where they have dominated, or at least the one by double, I guess they won. They beat the Ravens by double digits, and he threw a bunch too. But um, I mean, he's got two games where he's got thirty-two, like thirty-two or less passing attempts. It's hard. It's just hard to pay off the salary as the top price, second top, second highest price guy at the quarterback position if you're only throwing thirty-two passing attempts. Yes. Okay. Uh, moving along. Jaguars at Texans. Texans minus six, over under 54 and a half, Frank. Uh, I mentioned James Robinson. I don't think it can be overstated enough. And maybe there's a dead cat bounce here because they fired Bill O'Brien. But the Texans' rush defense and the Texans' defense in general is just horrible. Yeah, I think it, it's easier to say who not to play in this game, basically. I love this game. You, the total's 54 and a half. I think that this could be like a Deshaun Watson unleashed game, like a big, you know, middle finger to Bill O'Brien. I just think it could be a massive game. 6,900 is the price for Deshaun Watson. He's the sixth highest price quarterback. Uh, the Jaguars are dead last in pass defense, DVOA. CJ Anderson, their first round cornerback is banged up. So see if he practices this week. I like Fuller at 6,600. I don't love it, but obviously if you want someone to pair with Deshaun Watson, I think that that makes a lot of sense. David Johnson, he's $5,200. Joe Mixon just had 180 total yards and three touchdowns against this Jaguars defense. So I think David Johnson's in play. James Robinson, it's a good matchup. 6,700, there's a lot of running backs in that range. People might fall asleep on him, but 15 to 20 touches, I think it's a pretty safe floor as well. Uh, the Texans' defense is not good. DJ Chark, really like 6,500. Uh, nine targets, two touchdowns last week. Like I said, it's harder to find players that you don't like in this game. Uh, LaVisca Chenault is only $4,500, which is a really, really good price point. But he has not played more than 68% of the snaps in any game this season. So that does have my attention. But I would say Watson, uh, David Johnson, and DJ Chark are probably my three favorite plays from this game. Yeah, Watson Fuller will probably be my most common stack. Um I might, like, you know me, and I said it last week with Chenault, I'm probably going to have some Brandon Cooks this week because, <laughs> like, that's, bastard. I love it when a guy's chalk and is just complete goose egg and nobody's going to play him the next week. Like, there is a good chance that I will think the same thing, fire up a lineup, look at Brandon Cooks and say, <laughs> I can't do I can't do it. I can't, do, like, no, Brandon Cooks, you burnt me last week. I can't do it. Yeah, and that's that's like I'm I, I like that a lot. So I'll just throw him in a lineup too. No, I, I look. This is a game where 
people, I, I, I'll load up on James Robinson this week. I will have a lot of James Robinson. The, the problem is though, like we just talked about Mike Davis still underpriced mm-hmm. Clyde in the smash spot against the Raiders. Jarek McKinnon, if Mostert's not back, like you, it's going to be hard to just completely fade Zeke. Like sure. there's only so many running backs you can play. But that, but that means James Robinson's going to be like 5% and he gets the worst rush defensive football. He, he might be. Um, he might be. I mean, like I went back and watched. So I, I wrote for Sorting Sunday Pilot, I wrote this big thing about the Texans and how Bill O'Brien was going to be on the hot seat. And then before I could send it into the editors, they fired him. So I had to go back and completely redo it. But I went back and watched the whole game. Like on Dalvin Cook's first touchdown run, he has no less than four giant traffic side, like traffic, uh, lane size holes to run through. I mean, the te- and maybe the Texans come out angry because they fired Bill O'Brien. We'll see. But I, I think it's a good, certainly a good matchup. This is one we will be targeting. Giants at Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys are, how can you get away from Dallas in DFS? You cannot, and you should not. And I don't know why you would even want to. Um, Cowboys, Cowboys minus nine over under 54. By the way. Like play all the Cowboys and run it back with Slayton and or Evan Ingram. At some point, Evan Ingram is going to catch the football, I think. <laughs> um, he has been so bad. I think he's at 4.4 yards per target right now. That's Carlos Hyde territory. It really, that's incredibly low. Um, and it's part of the problem is they are giving him the Jason Witten routes. His average catch, I believe, is three yards downfield. He's a seam um, guy, and they're running him on the little Witten. But the routes. bigger problem is he's not catching them, and when he does, he's just falling down like Witten. Like they said, we're going to give you the Jason Witten routes. And he said, okay, I'll catch it and fall down. Yeah, I love Evan Ingram in this spot. You're right, but the target <laughs> share has been – like the opportunity is there for him. It's a great matchup going up against Dallas. He is $4,600. He leads the Giants with 21% of their target share. I am – it's Waller and Ingram for me that I'm very excited about this week from the tight end position. I think this is a big Zeke game. I think that they're playing with a lead, which hasn't happened often, and he has a safe floor. He's had at least 17.8 DK points in every game this season. So if he has one of these games where he touches the ball like 25 times and scores two touchdowns and you don't have him, that would be a mistake. I think you have to have at least some deck just based on the way this offense is playing. And I actually prefer CeeDee Lamb. I think he's pretty sneaky. 6K, plays in the slot. The Giants just allowed a slot touchdown to Cooper Cup, and they allowed two slot touchdowns to Juju in week one. So I kind of like CeeDee Lamb this week. So basically, I don't think we need to talk about any more games because we have to have some deck. We have to have some Watson. We want some Minshew. We, we've got seven running backs we've already found that we're going to play, and Will Fuller and C.D. Lamb. <sighs> and what about Daniel Jones, too? I'll just bring up the name. Look, they're nine-and-a-half-point dogs, and this defense is terrible. The Cowboys' defense is terrible. Daniel Jones is 5,400. Heath, I can't do it in cash, but in GPP, like, he might throw for two touchdowns, maybe, and rush a little bit. Oh, it's I I don't I dislike it. Um, I think, but again, I'll, I, I, I'll. What about this theory? You should not play Dak. You should not play Amari Cooper. You should not play C.D. Lamb. You should not play Michael Gallup. You should play Daniel Jones, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, and Zeke Elliott. That's some galaxy brain. I kind of like it. I kind of I mean, like it. it Will. It's like can, you're getting involved in a sh- in a potential shootout with a contrarian move, and you still get access to the game without having to like have the high ownership, which we assume as surely three weeks into Cowboys win millions of dollars for people in DFS, the Cowboys will finally beat. Like Dak was seven percent last week. I mean, again, I'm, it's my fault. I didn't get on Dak either, but like, I mean, it's crazy. It's Jason Garrett revenge week too. Mm. I kind of like that, Will. I, it's, or is I just it Cowboys feel like Mike, revenge on Jason Garrett week? I mean, Mike McCarthy can't <laughs> lose this game. It's scary fading Dak, at it, but I, I just feel like they might say, "All right, look, we, let's get a stop early on. We are going to pound Zeke into their faces." And like, I mean, or even you, even you go, your two running backs are like Zeke and Tony Pollard, and it's just a full-on onslaught of Cowboys rushing attack. Yeah, it is really galaxy brain. Don't get me don't get me wrong, but you will but have. A I think major we're, we're going to find something out because so far Dallas is playing faster and throwing more than anyone. Yes. And what we're going to find out it was that all because of game script in a couple of games, 
Or is that like last year, they just threw more than they ever had. So are they, I don't, I don't know that they won't just keep throwing if they're ahead is the only, only problem I have with that. Yeah, that's a fair point too. Yeah. And, and this is the week to find out again, nearly a 10 point favorite. So I can't find wait out. until it's one, one thirty in the afternoon. And I'm like, I don't have any deck again. What <laughs> just stop playing DFS. You well, surely boy. he was chalking everybody. He's 8% out. 8% what? again. <laughs> I actually think there's a case to be made that, uh, maybe Michael Gallup is the, Brett Saberhagen of uh, 2020 DFS, where he he only goes off every other week. Okay, I like that. And like, I do think there's going to be some of that with this Cowboys team, though. Where like, because if you went with Cooper and Gallup, your end result is dramatically different than if you went with Cooper and Schultz or Cooper and C.D. Lamb. Like, you're you're not you didn't get paid quite as much. You know, you brought up Brett Saberhagen. Just so I have to tell you a story now. I gave him a high five after a Royals World Series victory over the Giants. Were you um, there? Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Just, uh, what, six years ago? Okay. Five, six years ago. Yeah. I was, he, oddly enough, he was sitting in the upper deck as well. It is. Um, they, they didn't give him the good seats. Wasn't George uh, Brett like running the team that he could get saves like a decent spot? Yeah, I I don't know. They, they, there was a lot of people that wanted good seats, they, but um, yeah, he was sitting in the upper deck, a couple rows in front of me. That's incredible. Yeah, and the Royals won, and you're high fiving probably like one of your childhood heroes. He was definitely one of my childhood heroes. Yeah, him and uh, Danny Manning, right? If I'm doing the timeline right. Yeah, Danny and the Miracles. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. That's pretty incredible. Um, coming after the break, I'll stare at the computer for 20 minutes because we talked about. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Panthers at Falcons. Falcons minus two over under 53 and a half. Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley can go jump down a deep, dark well after that. Are the Panthers not terrible? Yeah, they're, they're actually not bad. Um, they like, I think they're still bad against the run, but I don't want to play Gurley. Um, I don't want to play any Falcons. I just realized. Okay. I think that that. Leaves an opening, a buying opportunity, and he's very expensive. But Calvin Ridley, seventy five hundred, it's risky for sure. But I mean, look, if anyone likes Bridgewater and the passing game stacks here, DJ Moore is six K. Robbie Anderson's fifty nine hundred. I'm sure everyone who's played DJ Moore all season long is going to be off of him, yep. so that creates a buying opportunity as well. If you want to bring it back with someone, Calvin Ridley. I, you, that's but, that's fair. I will like. Bridgewater's one of my top four quarterbacks right now for the week. So I will definitely have uh twenty or twenty-five Bridgewater lineups, and there will be some Calvin Ridley, some Hayden Hurst sprinkled in on the other side. But that's the only time I plan on playing them. Just remember um, the name. Ola Midi Zacchaeus. Min Price, three K. UVA legend. He was their number one wide receiver against the Packers on Monday night. I mean, I think I I do you think that the D I mean surely the Showdown crowd carries over into the following week, right? So, like, like for instance, I personally feel burned by Calvin Ridley, right. who torched a pretty good showdown lineup I had with Aaron Rodgers and Robert Tanyan and the Chiefs yeah. defense. Um, yeah. And like, so I'm like, I mean, I'm bitter against Calvin Ridley coming into this week. So, I mean, but I mean, like, that's is that, it's fair to consider that like a consensus thought process, right? Well, and especially because Calvin Ridley is more expensive than several receivers that will be projected for more fantasy points than him. Right. So I don't think Calvin Ridley will be chalk at all. Yeah. The one concern I have is that the it's not so much that the Pan- the Panthers. Derek Brown is a monster. Brian Burke is coming on pretty strong too. The uh, Kawan Shorts playing pretty well in there. The Panthers have a pretty good defensive line, is my point. And I think the Falcons' offensive line might be terrible. They're also top five in run rate on first and second down. Who is where, where is Dirk Cutter and what have you done with him? Yeah, it's never really a, a good strategy to run the ghost of Todd Gurley and his knees into the back of your offensive line on first and second down. It's probably not the best. Um, with that being said, not really interested in him here. He has, he's very touchdown dependent this year. He has four touchdowns. He has four receptions. So not catching the ball at all. They're not really throwing the ball to him. So it's not his fault, but that severely limits his upside. Of course, we spoke about Mike Davis. I think must play 22 or more DK points back to back weeks, ton of targets. He's Red poor man's Christian McCaffrey. You got to use him 6,400. Not even that poor. Um, there's only Zeke is the only player 
on this slate that I have projected to score more points than Mike Davis. So you'll have 100% Mike Davis this week. Unless I just limit it for the purposes of not wanting an injury to cost me all my money. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Bengals at Ravens. The Ravens are minus 13. The over under is 51. By, I mean, we talked about, by the way, the overs last week, every one of them except one hit in the early slate. And then for some reason, they, all the unders hit after that from there on out. It was very bizarre. Um, Bengals at Ravens minus 13, over under 51. Lamar Jackson, the highest priced quarterback here. Oh, I played him last week and he was good, but I think the same rule applies here that I should have thought about against Washington, which is he's such a big favorite that there's a pretty good chance he won't score any DK points in the fourth quarter. So as Dak Prescott was throwing five touchdowns, Lamar Jackson was watching Robert Griffin throw interceptions from the bench. Yeah, but Cleveland's better offense than Washington Cincy, is. Since he yeah. is a better offense, so is Cleveland, but they're playing Cincy, so that's probably more relevant. Um, yeah, I'm going to have some Lamar. Um, probably not any Ravens running backs, a little bit of Marquise and Mark Andrews. But again, this is one of the quarterbacks where I don't feel like I need to stack as much. I didn't stack with Mark Andrews last week either. You didn't. Yeah. That's the time when you don't feel very, but like the most likely scenario is he runs for one. He throws one to Andrews. He throws one to Brown and they have like three catches combined. And so, um, yeah, that's. I'll I'll probably only play Andrews and Brown with Jackson, not by themselves. Okay, uh, Mixon, you going back to the or going to the well? I guess no, 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 I'm not, not at all. No, his owner. I mean, this is a his ownership would be jacked up. Maybe maybe a little Tyler Boyd. I think Joe Burrow. If you just want to throw like a GPP line, we already talked uh, talked about how many different quarterbacks that we like this week. I don't think anyone's going to have Joe Burrow, but a huge dog in this game, and we have seen. Patrick Mahomes, who is Patrick Mahomes, have a massive game against this Ravens defense. So just throw the name out there, 6K, Joe Burrow, one GPP lineup. I did have Drew Sample in the first lineup that I ran of the week. Um, he dropped two touchdowns last week. So yes, he did. Or he didn't even drop it. He got his lunch stolen on one of them. He's in his uh, and one hit him in the face. Yeah. Uh, 36, 61, 44, and 36. Those are Joe Burrow's. Passing attempts, the first rookie in NFL history, I believe, to have three straight passing games with 300 yards or more. If he hits sample, all of a sudden he has 303 touchdowns last week, maybe. Or, you know, I mean, point being is that Joe Burrow throw, will throw the ball a ton in this game, hasn't unlocked his rushing potential really since week one against the Chargers, and is almost guaranteed to throw the ball 40 times in this game. So I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Colts at Browns. The Colts are minus one and a half in Cleveland. The over-under is 47. I love Odell Beckham as much as the next guy, but not here. Nope. Nope. Um, I, I don't hate it, actually, though. I I think, like, we have seen some big games to wide receivers. It was garbage time for Allen Robinson last week. He's over 100 and a touchdown. But, like, Jacksonville wide receivers scored three different touchdowns against the Colts. They were really good run defense. What happens if the Cleveland Browns can't run the ball in this spot? I feel like Frank's going to play 150 lineups, and none of them are going to have any of the same players. <laughs> uh, my, my only thing is that uh, when you look at the Colts, they are milking the crap out of the clock. I mean, they are just not moving the ball quickly. In, I mean, 47 39, 43 points scored against the Jets because their defense scored twice on multiple pick sixes, and then 30 total points against the Bears. The Colts' unders have been cashed this year. The Browns have a pretty good defense and like to run the ball. I, this, to me, feels like a complete stay away. If Hunt gets a full practice in, I will have some Kareem Hunt. Otherwise, I don't think I'm going to play anyone in this game. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was very disappointing. I almost hope Jonathan Taylor doesn't have a good game against Cleveland so we can play him next week against Cincinnati. Okay. The Browns yeah, I don't love – Jonathan Taylor's usage has gone down. His snaps have gone down each of the past two weeks. I keep waiting for Jordan Wilkins to not be a part of their offense. I thought it was just like a few blowout games, but no, he's actually just a part of the offense, and that's affecting Jonathan Taylor. So I am out there at 6,200. 
Uh, and for the purposes of season long leagues, buy low on Jonathan Taylor. I think so. Yeah. Like if the Browns this week are, are good against the runner, haven't allowed a ton of rushing yards, the Bengals buy Lions, Ravens, Titans, Packers, Titans, but then for the stretch run, Texans, Raiders, Texans before Steelers in week 17, week 16. That's a sets up pretty nicely for a guy who could win you a league. Yeah. Right. Moving along to the Cardinals and the Jets. The Cardinals are minus seven at the Jets. The over-under is 47. Is it time for Kenyon Drake to, you know, the, the meme where the guy's poking something with a stick? He's like, do something. That's you, Kenyon Drake. Do something. We have uh, developed a new thing on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, which you should listen to um, seven times a week or FFTN5. Uh, but it's the Joe Boo game. And Dave Richard actually gets the credit for this. Um, but you know the Joe Boo scene in yeah. uh, Forget You, Joe Boo. Uh, it's Joe Boo week for Kenyon Drake. If he doesn't have a good day against the Jets, then you just can't start him anymore. Last week was Joe Boo week for A.J. Green and T.Y. Hilton. And that didn't work out so well. Yeah. Look, Kenyon Drake, you have to make sure that he's 100% healthy as well. It sounds like he is, but... He is on pace for 20 targets this season. That's just not going to get it done. Chase Edmonds is stealing some of those targets away. And more often than not, Kyler Murray is just taking off and running. So I don't really love anybody in this game. It could be one of those where Kyler Murray just comes out and embarrasses the Jets and just runs all over them and throws a few touchdowns. And it's just a get-right week for the Cardinals in general. But outside of that, don't think you could play any Jets with Joe Flacco as the quarterback. Well, what is Le'Veon's price? He is fifty back hundred. He returned to practice today, and they are expected to activate him before Sunday. They're starting Joe Flacco. He he's is, he's how much? Joe check down. Joe check down. He's fifty one hundred. Le'Veon Bell. Hmm. <laughs> That's the that is <laughs> disgusting. It is so jet. gross. Nothing great ever came from playing a jet. I kind of like it. No one's going to play him, though, so you're, this, you're right about that. We could, he's the uh, Gabriel Davis of the week. We wow. You heard it. Wow. I, I mean, I'll, I'm going to have a Le'Veon Bell lineup, and I'll be cussing. <laughs> uh, by the way, this game, um, the Cardinals are 4-0 and to the under this year, I believe. They are quietly not – like that's their defense is better than people think, and they're just not running. They're running more plays, but like the Jets just don't run a ton. I, I – I would just be hesitant on this game. I don't think you'll see a ton. I think it'll be more of a let's win this one 21 to seven type of game. Yeah. Probably yep. stay away unless you want to ring that bell. Rams minus seven at Washington. The over under 45. Uh, Daryl Henderson. Sorry of the week last week, Heath. I don't have any exp. Well, I do have an explanation. We're all idiots. Uh, Sean McVay told us this summer that he really, like over and over, how much they admired what Kyle Shanahan did. And for the past three years in Kyle Shanahan's 49ers offense, we see a guy go for a 100 and a touchdown and get five touches the following week, and somebody else goes for a 100 and a touchdown, and then he gets five touches the next week. And so Sean McVay told us he was going to do this repeatedly, and we just plugged our ears and said, la, 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 Daryl Henderson's awesome. Yep. And he did it. That's the only good thing is that I didn't, I like, because I was rushing so much at the end of the day, the in the morning, I didn't, I was like adamant I was going to have 100% Daryl Henderson. I didn't have 100% Daryl Henderson. I, I ran, the th- there's a really frustrating thing. I ran my 150 lineups and only had like, six or seven Daryl Henderson lineups. I said, well, that doesn't feel right. Yep. So I boosted him up to 10% of my lineups just to make sure I had enough. And those 10 died. Those died. And it's like, and then like, you're like, all right, okay. It's like, what, da- all right, my DAC lineups have Daryl Henderson in the afternoon? Yeah, daddy's getting paid here. And then all of a sudden. Yeah. The play uh, there uh, with, with Henderson was I actually, once the Zach Moss was ruled out, I actually pivoted off Daryl Henderson to all Dev- Devin Singletary. That's why I didn't have any Daryl Henderson because I had so much Devin Singletary. I was like, nope, can't have that. Let's even it up a little bit. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, anybody else you like from this game? I just don't. Um, no. This game's pretty gross. I'll just throw Antonio Gibson's name out there just because mm-hmm. he's trending up and he's only 5K. Yes. So if you're looking for a cheap running back, Kyle Allen is now the quarterback of the Washington football team. But he did target Christian McCaffrey 
on 22% of his passes last year. That could go to J.D. McKissick, but it could also go to Antonio Gibson. I, I take it back. I said no, but um, I plan on having a lot of Terry McLaurin. His price has still not really gone up. He's a top 12 receiver. Nobody plays him because everything's so terrible in Washington. Um, yeah, now he's got Jalen Ramsey. Well, he just hung like a buck 20 on Marlon Humphrey and did the same to Patrick Peterson earlier in the year. I don't think it matters who he's playing. Uh, Terry McLaurin. And I think he played Darius Slay in week one too, didn't he? He did. That game wasn't quite as good, but yeah. Uh, Eagles at Steelers. Steelers minus seven over under 44. Hmm. No. I don't love this game no. really at all. I mean, really low total, obviously. I think maybe Deontay Johnson is the most interesting person, assuming that he's healthy. He's 5,600 and was leading the team in target share before he got hurt. So might look at Johnson, but everyone else, like James Connors, too expensive based on the running backs we talked about. Not really excited I about anyone else here. I would be interested in Greg Ward if Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey were not back, but I think they're going to be, or at least Jackson is. He was at practice on Wednesday. Uh, maybe Hakeem Butler will be active at tight end. That's <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, I, I don't mind Juju here, but that price is pretty expensive too. So I'm out. I don't. I don't have any. Interest I would talk up Zach Ertz as like a contrarian play, but for Waller for two hundred dollars more, I'll just go in that direction. Um. Uh, let's take a quick break and we come back we will discuss games that uh, don't have any lines yet this is Tony Kornheiser's show I'm Tony we expected someone else so what exactly is the show about hmm, I don't know it's a sports show nominally football's over but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck greatest three words in the English language pitchers and catchers we have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. The Broncos at Patriots. These uh these are partial Corona games and partial there's only three games left, but partial Corona games and partial uh two games, I guess. Broncos at Patriots, the uh the Patriots, Stefan Gilmore has tested positive for coronavirus, COVID nineteen. Cam Newton has is negative. I don't see how on earth you could trot him out there against Denver. Like less than a week after they announced or like a, you know, eight days after they announced that he had tested positive. Um, yeah, the, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to go there with this game. I, I, I just don't think you can do anything with this game. No. <laughs> no. Like Chiefs no. Raiders, at least, you know, you're investing like, so if you don't want to go get, Debo just wrote edit out, <laughs> edit, edit. Um, <laughs> the, uh, you don't want to, you don't want to like with Chiefs Raiders, if you, let's say you, you put in Clyde Edwards there. And then that game gets canceled on Sunday or Saturday or whatever it is. You can easily pivot there. If you go and get Rex Burkhead as like the flex option in your lineup, you're not going to have as many positive, like plus choices. You're going to have to make a weird decision or rejig or something in your lineup. So to me, is, it, is Damian Harris the minimum? He is 4,300. And I was just looking at him because he's probably the most interesting player in this game based on his price and potential upside. On FanDuel, he's 4,500, which is the minimum at running back. So maybe makes a, like, if things went really positively, like the, the Patriots have already canceled Thursday's practice. Right. Um, so earliest they're practicing is Friday. So we'll know more then. Yeah. I mean, I think, yes, I, I would absolutely play Damian Harris if, 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 if there, if this game happens. Yeah. Um, but nobody else in the interest. Well, if Gilmore's out, would Judy be Jerry Judy be interesting at fifty four hundred? A little bit. Okay. His we don't even know who the quarterback's going to be. Lock, That's true. Gotta, yeah. 
Oh yeah, maybe this is a quarterback thing and not a Corona thing. Uh, Dolphins at 49ers. I don't, I guess this is a Jimmy Garoppolo thing where there's no line. Yeah. Um, McKinnon, if there's no Mostert, McKinnon will be one of my most rostered running backs. Had his most touches last week since week five of 2017. And basically whoever the, well, whoever the starting running back is for the 49ers is going to get a five yard head start on every play. And it might be seven yards against the Dolphins. Um, so yeah, definitely McKinnon if Mostert's out. And that's, and Kittle will be my cash game tight end. Um, do you prefer Kittle? Do you, who do you prefer to be the quarterback for Kittle? Because I, I don't care. Okay. His tar, I mean, his he has 15 targets. He's going to get the two point yeah. conversion with Mullins and he's going to get 25% of the targets no matter who the quarterback is, I think. Yeah, um, any interest in Devontae Parker and Ryan? No, 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 no fits Devontae no. stack this week, right? Not for me. No, Richard Sherman expected back to. Oh, okay. Worth noting. Good call. Uh, Bills at Titans. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to see this game happening. The Titans are in hot water for, uh, practicing, doing a walkthrough, uh, at, uh, oh, was it, what was the school? Um, we used to play in my high school, we used to play them. Uh, Montgomery Bell in Nashville. So, Prestigious private school in Nashville. Um, used to play Macaulay. And um, I just can't see this game happening with more Titans positive test. No. But if it does. I can't play. Like the Titans haven't practiced for two weeks. Right. So the only Titan I would even consider would be Derrick Henry. And probably not. Um on the Bills side, I don't, I don't really think I want to. Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs have been awesome. They they have, and and Diggs will like. I just don't think this game's going to happen. I think well, that's the problem. Is like, I mean, you start <laughs> out your lineups by building out quarterback, wide receiver stacks, right? Most right. of the time, like that's sort of the central focus of it. And if you start out a lineup with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, you're spending the entire time leading up to Sunday wondering will this game be played now. Conversely, in the same vein as Joe Mixon has chest issues on Saturday, I would guess that Josh Allen's going to be less than five percent owned. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I, I look. If the game happens, then sure, I'm definitely interested in Josh Allen. Two hundred eighty-eight or more yards, passing yards, in, in every game this season. He's just a new quarterback, completing like seventy-one percent of his passes. Crazy. And the Titans have allowed some big games to Minshew and, and Kirk Cousins as well. So, I, yeah, I would definitely be interested in Josh Allen. It's just. Is this game going to happen? Obviously, if there's no Zach Moss and this game happens, then Devin Singletary at 5,900 would be in play as well. Diggs, too? Yeah, Diggs for sure. Um, This is my favorite Josh Allen stat. Eight different quarterbacks have already rushed for 100 yards this season. Josh Allen is not one of them. Wow. The rushing (laughs) is yet to be unlocked. It's crazy. Um, He he might have a 50-point game in him. If he, he if he goes rushing, nuts rushing, he has rushing touchdowns. I think I believe he scored. Yeah, he a just hadn't run the ball. Well, yeah, he's he's only averaging three yards a carry. He's, he's only running in the red zone. He's got twenty five attempts, but yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, steer clear of the Titans. And I was sitting there thinking, I was like, man, I really like Kirk Cousins this week because he's against a poor Seahawks defense. Why didn't we talk about that earlier on the slate? And that's because it's on Sunday night football: Vikings at the Seahawks. Seahawks minus seven at home over under 57 and a half, a very robust total. Uh, what do you think about showdown in this spot? Dalvin and the Seahawks. Yeah. Dalvin captain, run it back to the Seahawks. The, the problem I, cause I don't, cause I, I don't disagree with cousins. Um, but they lost by two scores to the Packers and he threw 25 passes. They lost by three <laughs> scores to the Colts and he threw 26 passes. They lost to the Titans. He threw 27 passes and their head coach said, we're going to have to open things up. And so then he threw 22 passes against the Texans. <laughs> I did in defense, in his defense, <laughs> the passes against the Texans, he led the league in intended air yards. And was second in the league in completed air yards in week four against the uh, Texans. Now, maybe that's more of a Texans thing than an open things up thing. I, he, Zimmer's not going to open it up. 
He doesn't care if he's losing. He doesn't care what's happening. He's just going to shorten the game. How weird would it be if you play the Vikings pass catchers but not Kirk Cousins? Like, is that out of the realm of possibility? Because, like, their target distribution is so condensed. It's like Adam Thielen, 34% of the targets. Justin Jefferson, 21%. Jefferson over 100 yards, two games in a row. Um, and they're seven and a half point dogs, so I can see both of those guys having pretty good games against this Seattle secondary. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't dislike that. There needs to be, there has to be some sort of contrarian showdown option here where you go with the, you play for the under. And I don't know if that's you start Chris Carson at captain or Dalvin at captain. It's, it's, it's one of those. I think the other thing would be including Jason Myers. Cause the only way you play for the under is if Seattle has to settle for a few field goals. Yeah. Yeah. Which means you probably want Dalvin Cook as your captain. That's correct. That means Minnesota's in the game. So they're running at a ton. Yep. Dalvin's getting some yardage. And if you're playing that, you probably want to toss Alexander Madison in there too, just in case. Maybe should be super cheap on the showdown. I haven't even looked at it, but yeah, I mean, I think, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know that, I don't know that that's the, pl- I'm not saying that's the play if you're doing the showdown, but every, the, the chalk is going to be all Russ and the pass catchers and then bringing it back with, you know, as many as you can get of the Vikings. And I just yeah. don't know that that's how necessarily how it plays out. All right. Uh, any good beer for you guys lately? Nothing extravagant for me recently. Do you guys have just a generic go-to beer? Because I drink a lot of Peroni. It's like green bottle Italian beer. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's usually the go-to for me. It's Coors Light count. I love Coors Light. That's fair. I um I found one this week, and I, I had it before. Um, I I'll tell you the truth. I've cut back a little bit and become just a little bit of a lightweight compared to how I used to drink. And when I say used to, I mean like six months ago. Right, earlier in the pandemic? Yes. Yes. Like it used to be that a six pack was like, well, there's pregame. <laughs> now we can go. Um, and now sometimes the six pack's enough, but sometimes when I smoke meat or something, I want to, I want to drink all day long. And so I have actually started to enjoy some of the lower ABV beers and, uh, one E, the one E IPA. Um, it's very, very nice. Is it like a session IPA or something? I don't think they call it a session, but yeah, it is. I, I, I don't four, get four down with session IPAs. I've always felt like, and this is a very dad take, that they're a ripoff because right. you're paying the same price, but you're not getting as much alcohol. Right. But I've started to appreciate them now um, that I, I can't handle my my liquor as well as I used to. Okay, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I, every um, we record this on Wednesdays, and I, I play with tennis every Wednesday night. And uh, after we play tennis, we hang out and have a couple, you know, three or four beers. It's really nice to have. There's after you play tennis for like two two and a half hours, a Coors Light or a Miller Light, very very refreshing. I I did have one that I really liked um, from Big Top Brewing. Okay, uh, Declan's Indulgence. This Ooh. was not. A session IPA. <laughs> it is a chocolate peanut butter brown ale. Ooh. And it was like sometimes those can have a little bit of a bad aftertaste or you can taste a little bit of the tenniness. Um, not at all. Fantastic. Oh, I should point out too that I haven't, the, I would have brought this up uh, as a beer I tried, but it hasn't, it should be here today, I think, based on what I'm told. Uh, but uh, I assume this is his real name. Jebediah Crookshank. Jebediah DM me and said, Love the podcast. Love the beer talk. Yeah, you guys have heard of Wicked Weed, of course, right? Oh, my goodness. He works at, he says, uh, Heath really helps me with my fantasy football decisions. Wow. And, uh, he's like, I'm going to send you some Wicked Weed. So it's, it's, I think it's supposed to arrive like today. So I want to, I just want to, I, I'm a little confused. I want to clarify. Jebediah sent you a message. Yes. Saying that Heath really helps him with his fantasy football decisions. Yes. And so he wanted to send you some beer. Well, if Jebediah's listening, maybe I'll send you some beer. <laughs> hey, no, this, I, hey, look, this is, we've, uh, our pal James has, has hooked us up with some, we've unlocked, we've unlocked some beer. We've unlocked some beer sent your way, courtesy of this podcast. Oh, for, for, I was yeah. not complaining at all. I just, no, no, I'm I know giving you a little bit like, of a hard time. That like you don't mind doing this podcast like solely because 
it's like like you've managed to get some beer to fall in your lap as a result. Frank's like, and I, I don't mind doing beer. this podcast because I really enjoy providing content for the people and spending time with you. That's right. And, and, the, and the beer. Wicked Weed, though, is it's really good. Yeah. Uh, they've got Pernicious. Pernicious is a fantastic. I idea. actually had Pernicious over the weekend. Oh, really? It, yeah. it's, it is distributed, I think, pretty widely at this point. Um, and they're, oh, God, what's, have you had their, um, uh, have you, a freak of nature? I don't Double think IPA? I have. Oh, buddy, it is good. Uh, we'll see what, we'll see what arrives. And they also, uh, I noticed this at Total Wine the other day. Wicked Weed has a, uh, a stout collection that's out, a dessert stout. So, hmm. Apologies, um, I never heard of this website. I just went to it now, or brewery. Yeah. They have a sour beer that just looks amazing. Oh, dude, their sours line is unbelievable. Raspberry Starfruit Burst? I forgot you like sours. Yeah, Wicked Weed's, oh. uh, Wicked Weed's sour line is like w- world-renowned. That's um, Their Hop Cocoa. Yes, I've had very good. fantastic and astronomical. Also a very, very good IPA. I'm trying to see if there's a... Yes, astronomical is awesome. I'm trying to see what the name... Oh, the Genesis... Uh, sour, the Marina Sour, Medora is really good. Yeah, they got a ton of good sours. Mm. Mm. I'm hoping there's some wicked weed sitting out in front of my house. <laughs> All right, let's uh, starting to get thirsty here. Uh, <laughs> good show. Thanks, guys, as always. Uh, follow Frank and Heath on Twitter. Listen, Cherry Key Lime football. Burst. Cherry Key Lime Burst is also very good. I think they really expanded their. Um, I like like because it used to just be pernicious and freak of nature. I don't know if they sell freak of nature. Lieutenant Dank is pretty good too. They got good beers. Okay. Yeah, for, uh, freak of nature's in cans now. What? All right, I didn't even realize that. Get on that. All right, let's uh, let's get out of here. Thanks as always, guys. Uh, great stuff. Let's go win some money this week. Come back with no regrets on next week. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.